This is a Rooster Teeth production. Hello and welcome to the OT3 Fandom Podcast. I am Sarah, the wonderful host of today's episode. And today with me, we have our wonderful Ashley Dillard. What's up? And Stephanie Hardy. Hello. So today we are going to be talking about something that I have. So been... I want to talk about pirates. Fuck off. <laughs> so I've mentioned this in the last couple of episodes, but Heartstopper is my current like hard and die obsession. And I current obsession. Current, current obsession. They, they come in flows. Yeah, there's a flow of uh, yeah. obsessions. But right now it's Heartstopper. I think I've watched it four times. Mm-hmm. I've oh wow. another time. Yeah, I've read the. <laughs> I read all of what's available of the comics online, and I've read three of the books. I have a question. Ashley, how much have you watched? So Sarah really wanted me to watch it and I was no, like, pause. I'm watch it. <laughs> After the last episode, we had a conversation that we were all, you were going to watch it so we could have an educated conversation about what happens in the series. I did not watch it. And Steffi, what about you? How'd you do? Um, I also did not watch yeah, it. Yeah, so uh, I apologize uh, to everybody in advance because I know a lot of our viewers probably have watched it because it's great. And if you haven't, let me convince you why. Instead, This is of- going to be a convince Ashley and Steffi to watch the show yeah. podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay. Sarah, go. So, all right. I've been talking about this for weeks. So mm-hmm. You guys know some tangential mm-hmm. things. Um, our audience probably does not, but I can't wait to tell you. Um, so, first off, Heartstoppers. It is a Netflix original series that came out um, just earlier this month. Mm-hmm. It is about, it truly at its core is about two young high school British boys fall in love and that's it that's the plot there's like the best part about it is there is no like like at least first season like it's just that it's slice of life slice of life just boys figuring their shit out and um the reason that makes this like i fell into this really hard but not just because i was like oh this is a really great show and then i was like okay it's based off a comic and i was like oh cool let me go read the comics the comics are completely online for free you can Mm -hmm. buy the printed version i have book one and two and sitting in front of Steffi because I wanted them to look at the artwork because it's uh the artwork's very simplistic which is really fun and it's really easy it's originally webtoon not even like a comic it was a webtoon uh, can you explain what webtoons is right quick webtoons is uh basically comics or graphic novels that are created to be viewed on your phone so the dimensions and everything and you scroll and you, you scroll. don't like mm-hmm. swipe and sometimes they have music and like oh, interesting effects as you scroll it's amazing yes um so the Heartstoppers was that. And then I was like, I read all of the comics and I was like, oh God, I want more of this. So I looked up the author being like, well, I wonder what else she has. And it turns out that she has four other books, two of which are novellas. Mm-hmm. But so uh, the author is 27 years old today. Whoa. Is the author of the book. So is the comic artist the same as the author? Yes. The comic artist is the same as the author and is also the creator and writer of the TV show. So Holy shit, she, this woman is very talented. At 27. Mm-hmm. Her first book was published. Mm, made at, me feel bad. Yeah, no, <laughs> tell me about it. Her first book she published when she was 19. Damn. And I just finished that book recently. So to my over 30s, like me, uh, if you, uh, maybe we should have put it like a trigger warning for that because like, I'm kind of like suffering and falling into dust right now. It's like, okay. We all, we all make our own <laughs> stories at our own time. Uh, this girl just, a uh, girl, woman, knew what she wanted out the door. Oh, also, Alice is they, uh, she, they. She, she they. they. Okay. okay. She, they. 
just so everybody's aware. Um, I was like, I am talented. I have a career. I have a podcast. Yes. It's fine. You're good. Fine. You're great. Fine. Uh, something else I want to mention about Alice as an individual before I like go into her books. Part of the reason <clears throat> I think I really, really love these books, and I've said this to many a people, is the author is Arrow Ace. And so it's definitely not coming at the lens of like, that's the thing is like, there is very little sexuality throughout at all. Like there's like, not, I mean like there's sexuality, but there's like not that ever presence of like things like in like second half of the, like in like the fourth comic, I believe mm -hmm. like the fourth published one, they do kind of like talk about it, but it's like a normal conversation. It's not like the weird over-sexualization of teenagers. Like Riverdale. Yeah. Or even, um, Young Royals. Like, I just mm -hmm. recently watched that as well. So it's more of just, like, the, like... It's just fluff. Just fluff. It's just fluff. And it's just, like, people trying to figure their shit out. Mm -hmm. And I love this about her. She actually um, spoke out about that recently when her most recent book came out in 2020 called Loveless. And it is about her own personal experiences of going through, like, having to go through college as an Arrow Ace individual. And, like, having a creator, like, one of her characters tell that story. But... The fun part about this is, so the first book, Solitaire, she published when she was 19 in mm -hmm. 2014. Um, the, the story is about Tori Spring and this individual at her school called Michael. And there's some weird pranks going on at their school by a blog called Solitaire is kind of doing it. And the pranks have, are slowly building in severity to the point where like people are getting hurt and could die. And like, she's like, I want to figure this out. Um, but what's interesting is Solitaire and Tori Spring is the main character, Charlie Spring's sister. Mm -hmm. So the where Heartstopper came from was that she wrote Solitaire, which is this like very interesting story and talks about depression and high school drama and like and how you can like it's a very interesting take on everything because it's about how you don't even realize sometimes that you are depressed. And it, it was like it was a very it was a very uh, interesting book to read as like post 2020 where we all were severely emotionally impacted and we didn't realize how much and like listening to that it was it was something and it was like it i it's a i if you feel like you can i would read it or listen to it the audiobook's great um i highly recommend it but the thing is so she wrote this book and she goes i want to know more about nick and charlie and um so she started the comics is why she started them okay was because she wanted to know more about these characters and like because in solitaire takes place at the end of heartstoppers so you have um so like the way you read it is like one two and three mm -hmm. solitaire and then four or something in there so you just I'm you a, just I'm listen a, numbers in order hold up okay okay, okay. so you have to read like the first three comics okay and then Technically, this winter is one of her novellas, and then oh, okay. and I was like, okay, am I crazy? Does that sound weird? <laughs> so one, two, three, <clears throat> solitaire. Me, you read the first three comics, okay? I think I, I could be wrong about that order, but like, I'll, I'll double check. But like, the thing is, is like they're intertwined. Okay, is the, is the point of what I'm saying? So did she? So the comics came before the no. Books? The book came first, and then she wanted to know more about the characters. And then the comics. And it's like because in the book. Charlie, the two characters are Charlie and Nick. They're already in a committed relationship in the solitaire book. Mm -hmm. And it's... So this is a prequel? Yes. Okay. So solitaire was her first book? Yes. Okay, okay. okay. Heartstopper so, is before that. But, but it's came a prequel. after. Yeah. But was released 
Afterwards. Okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. So if you wanted to read this, would you read it in the order it was released or should you re- or read it in the order it takes place in? I would read it in the order it takes place in. Or honestly, if you want, like, read Solitaire first because it's definitely the deeper and more harsh story mm-hmm. and then read Heartstoppers because it's happy. Um, because, <laughs> and like also... <laughs> Make yourself feel better yeah. after that. <laughs> and like, I feel like I'm going to say some things um, and they don't really go into it in the tv show but there are some really heavy topics that like which is part of the reason i love the story is there's very heavy topics like that like the first two books is sitting in front of you in the first and what is covered in the tv show is just cuteness and then afterwards where it gets dark and like it then that's where solitaire kind of comes into play but nonetheless um there's she also has two novellas i'm gonna get into that in a minute she has two novellas one called nick and charlie which if anybody's on gay tiktok the audio of uh charlie describing nick as his boyfriend is uh active everywhere where it's like my boyfriend it's like oh i've been dating nick nelson since this long he loves marvel movies and this and like people are using it to like show off their significant other and it's very cute <laughs> we are on two different gay tiktoks <laughs> <laughs> okay but i'm also on heartstopper tiktok okay okay but um so nick and charlie which is the story of so uh the story of like them going to college mm-hmm. it's like a little like to like maybe th- a month of time and it's only like 80 pages um and then the other novella is this winter which is discussing like the winter where like kind of shit hit the fan so sorry, uh, sorry to interrupt but i think i'm getting why you relate more to this one than to uh our flag means death first of all the age gap yeah. like it's hard for me these days to really relate to high school college drama it just i i get so tired and frustrated i just don't want to read that stuff anymore i'm 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 in I'm in my mid thirties now. I'm over that stuff. Whereas our flag means death. They are you know middle aged men. They're closer to my age. They're dealing with stuff that I've dealt with. Well, in, you know, in a matter yeah. of speaking, not mm-hmm. the pirate stuff, but you know the other motions. So I'm gonna, I want to I want to come right. back okay, to okay, that okay, okay. because there's, there's something very important that I want to oh, bring up to that. Right, right. Um, so that's kind of like the Heartstopper esque world is like those two novellas, Solitaire, and then the Heartstopper comics. Um. But then in 2016, she also published a book called Radio Silence, which actually goes into one of Charlie's friends. And it's like uh, the whole thing about like high school pressures and disillusionment of academia and um, like kind of centering around podcasts and like meeting your favorite podcast host. So that's fun, right? Um, And then there's another book published in 2018 called I Was Born for This, which is a uh kind of a look at band fandoms and like how toxic they can be and how helpful they can be and like kind of a dive into that um, oh my god i can talk all day about that oh i know like i think like i think that the people who are watching this podcast or listening to this podcast and that like this author is for us when i read solitaire i was dying because it's like despite Tori like dealing with all these things what her big thing was was that she just spent so much time on Tumblr Mm -hmm. she just said my blog but it was clearly Tumblr Mm -hmm. and just the way like she was talking about it and like the references they make and like it's just so clearly meant for like nerd fandom and like the Mm -hmm. toxicity but also the greatness of it and like an introspective look on those things interesting I like that yeah and um then Heartstoppers were published in 2018 through uh 2021 and then in 2020, she published Loveless, which I have yet to read, but I'm very, very excited about. <laughs> On um, the list. Oh, it's so, I'm so excited. Um, I bought it. I like went and bought it the day of. And then I also have um, 
most of these books are not published in America. Mm-hmm. You can get them on ebooks and stuff like that. And she's working on publishing them in America. But I actually have one of my friends in Europe right now buying them and sending them to me. So I'm very excited. So. Oh, I got the connects. It's poison. Man. It's one of, if, if anybody knows RT, the Rooster Teeth. Rooster Teeth. She's one of our moderators. But just FYI. FYI. Uh, <laughs> poison Era. She's also, she also bought a record for me because they don't sell it here anymore. <laughs> oh my God, everybody. <laughs> if you need anything from your using the poison poison. Shout out to Poison Era for her supplying us with her goods. <laughs> okay, so I kind of like outlined the big things and I'm going to go into the, the story itself. But at first, are there any questions i know that was a little bit all over the place but it is um sounds like the universe is big um it does feel a little like unless you under like the story will make the universe make more sense i feel like yes can you read one without the other do you need to read heartbreaker to understand okay absolutely not you can read heartstopper just by itself a lot of people have okay and um they like reference the other things like this winter is kind of just more like it is like two pages of the books. It's okay. two. Pa- it's like two comic panels. They're like, okay, this happened, and you're like, oh, okay, shit. Um, but okay, Heartstopper TV show though. That's like truly where we're at right now. Okay, so there is and there is also a TV show. So we were talking about the comics and the books, and then the TV show is what really um, hooked you, right? Yes, the TV show is what introduced me to this. I've never knew about this, and then people were like, hey, you should watch this, and I was like. Yep, will do. And mm-hmm. I started it and I fell deep. And, uh, and so deep, in fact, Sarah, you have to describe the <laughs> interrupted meetings, <laughs> other people's podcasts. Well, yeah. So the first time and I'm going to I'm going to say it and then you can you can uh, no, correct me. Ahead. So the first time you watched it, you were just like so happy. You were like, this is the best show mm. ever. I love it. Blah, blah, blah. And then you watched it a second time. That I, and I don't feel like you mentioned that you had watched it a second time. Then you watched it a third time and you came to work like a broken person. And I was like, what? And you're like, I had like an existential crisis after it watching it. It was really <laughs> bad. <laughs> the I'll be honest. And this is like why I wanted to come back to your thing and we'll do it after the fact. Uh-huh. Because I, I want to get through the story first so that okay, I can okay. dive into what led to my existential crisis. Okay, and what okay. is leading to a lot of people's existential crisis. Like this is a common thing that I'm seeing on people who are viewing it multiple times on TikTok is because it's a lot of people my age mm-hmm. that are like, it, it boils down to is like, I can't believe I never had this in high school. And like, I can't believe I lost this opportunity and I'll never have it again. And it yeah. can't be like, it's like a lot of like, do like, it's like the, oh fuck. And like, so we should also mention this is episode two, basically of our anti-queer baiting uh, mm-hmm. series. The last one was our flag means death. And the reason why it's so important is because a lot of us did not have this growing up. Yeah, Queer characters for me were mm-hmm. usually like either villains or queer coded villains. Um, or just for the laugh. They were the sidekick characters. Yeah. yeah. Or and it, their stories weren't important. They were killed off. They were they weren't important. And or it's like it like one of and I wanna do an episode on Glee, but in my brain, Glee was one of the very first like gay couples on daytime television mm-hmm. that like was just a gay couple. And even then it was stereotyped to hell and truly uh, not healthy. Will and Grace. There is uh, mm. a lot of people in the gay community either love it or hate it. But you know, it was important for the time because we just didn't have that. Like, um, it, it just. Yeah. Yeah. But the thing is, one thing I will say about Heartstoppers and why it's one of my favorite things. I think it is the most accurate representation of queer friends mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. high school or in adulthood. And you want to know why that is? Mm. 
almost all of them are queer. There's the one token straight. <laughs> I was say, yeah, I was, that's another thing that's never really mentioned is that usually there's like one person, that one gay token uh, character at amongst a, like a group of straight friends. Which usually, is not how it is. It's the, the other way around. The, the, the gays with the straight. It's like that straight that's on thin ice. So, uh, <laughs> and it's really actually cute because there's a lot of promotional pictures and they laid them out in LGBTQ order. Oh my God. <laughs> it's great. But okay, so I want to go over the characters. So we've got the main character, mm-hmm. which is Charlie Spring. And he is an out and proud gay kid who um, is starting, I believe, year nine in school. So this is British schooling system, so it's a little bit weird. So it's like year nine through 10. He 10 year, uh, let me double check. But he is starting school and then um, he's out and proud. He has a bunch of friends and I will go through them. Um, and uh, the year before he came out, uh, he was bullied quite a bit mm-hmm. and he found solace in like the art teacher was really helpful, but it kind of like, tapered out and people like settled with it and you don't ever see that truly um the bad the bad bullying and then you have nick nelson which is um the rugby star of the school who is like your stereotypical straight man like that is who nick nelson is uh then you have teo charlie's best friend he is the token straight (laughs) um but he's like he's the kid that like watches david lyncher films unironically Mm. and like He's like, oh, let's watch, let's watch the arrival, and his friends are like, no, <laughs> let's let's watch like fun. Um, so that's Teo, and then you have L, which is a friend who recently transferred schools. So um, the way the school's set up, you have a boys' school and a girls' school mm-hmm. until they reach uh, sixth form, um, and the uh, and then you can like kind of cross pollinate. So L um, is a trans character out and proud, and she used to go to the boys' school. And this is her first year at the girls' school. And it's very glossed over. Like, it is, it's like, yes, they're like, yes, she's trans, she's out, she's great. But they don't, they, the extent of the conversation is so minor, which I really appreciate too. Cause they're just like, yeah, that's it. Like, they, they don't like go in any of the hard topics or anything like that. Like, there's mentioning of past bullying. But again, it's like they don't dive deep. So, like, our flag means death and that discussion it's like these things exist but it's not the whole character yes and that's a lot of what our media was it's like oh if you're trans it's all about the struggle Mm -hmm. the societal pressures no sometimes it just you just want shows where they just exist and yes i love that i'm really happy about that and then there's tara and darcy who are at l's new school Mm -hmm. and um who uh are lesbians and they're just proud little lesbians we love them um and then you have isaac who is the non-confrontational book friend who just sits in the corner and reads that's Mm -hmm. who isaac is like he has very few lines but like when he does show up it's him being like looking at the text as two people are fighting and putting it down or like Mm -hmm. like people are fighting in the corner and he just picks back up his books and starts reading it like (laughs) that's isaac isaac's not in the books because he replaced uh, Ald, who is a character in the um, podcast book I talked about. Mm-hmm. And it was a choice to remove that character because they wanted to spend more time on him okay. in his own thing. Hmm. Um, then you have Tori, Charlie's sister. He's older. You have Ben, who is Charlie's ex of sorts. Ooh. And then you have Harry, which is like the popular bully dude. Harry Styles. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> so, hey, wait, Harry's the popular bully dude? Yeah. So he's like an antagonist. Mm. He's the antagonist of the show, right. basically. Okay. Every friend group. <laughs> so <laughs> show starts off and it is Charlie going to school and 
then texting him saying, meet me in the library. And like it shows the text conversations mm-hmm. are purely just request to meet up and then Charlie saying yes. And then it shows clearly a very non-healthy Ben is very deeply in the closet and but does want to kiss a boy and he found out that Charlie was gay and is kind of utilizing that. Mm. And it's not good. It's not good. That is just for like reference, okay? Then you start and it's first day of school and they're in form, which is like your first period class that's like useless kind of mm. thing, like hang out, do things. And uh, he, they're mixing grades and he sat next to Nick Nelson, who was a grade above him. So he's never really talked to this kid before. And immediately... Nick Nelson is the kindest little human being on the planet Earth. He is he is he is the epitome of a golden retriever boy. <laughs> so Love that. it's like him every single time he sees Charlie, he says hi to him. It's like him like being a little bit of a mess and like his pen explodes everywhere and he's like, help me. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, my God, I'm sorry. I just had the most random memory of high school. There was a friend of mine who, oh, my God, she was a mess and exhausting to be around. But I remember in class one time, she was chewing on her pen and it exploded in her mouth. <gasps> That's happened to me before. And, oh my God. and I was like, um, she was like freaking out. I was like, what's the matter? What's the matter? And she was just like, ooh, ooh. and I'm like, what's the matter? And she <gasps> put it to her mouth. I was like, call the teacher. And she was like, ooh. and I was like, fine, I'll fucking do it. And the teacher was like, she needs to go to the bathroom. And uh, just like, oh, just sorry. That memory came out of nowhere. Sorry, continue. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, they become like friendly uh-huh. and Nick asks Charlie, like Nick sees, Charlie's a really fast runner. He sees Charlie running and he goes, hey, can you join the rugby team? We need one more person to be able to compete. You don't even have to play. You just have to be on the bench. Mm-hmm. And so Charlie is already enamored by this golden retriever boy. And he's like, yeah. Oh, he's got a crush? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And he's like, I'd love to. Um, and in this first episode, like all they like start hanging out. He starts a rugby team. He ends it with Ben because he sees Ben with a girl out at the front school gate. And he's like, okay, fine. I don't, I'm, I'm better than this. I don't need this. Oh, uh, the one that was not. Yeah. The, okay. the, the ex-boyfriend of sorts. And so he's like, okay, cool. And this is still the first episode. Then at the very end of the episode, Ben's like, hey, I need to talk to you. And so he goes to talk to Ben after rugby and Ben fucking assaults him a little bit. Uh huh. Like force kisses and Nick comes and saves him. And he's like, what the fuck? he's like in like it's it like charlie's crying and nick's like hey don't worry like are you okay like i Mm -hmm. just saw that you were acting weird after practice and so i followed you so nick saves him and then it's kind of like the end of the episode and the next episode is nick reaching out to charlie being like hey are you okay like and like it's the way that they represent texting is so teenager and i loved it so much because you have them like typing it three different ways and three different times and you have them backspacing and thinking it again <laughs> and you have like the bubbles popping up and like the person waiting for the other person responds and like throwing the phone across the room being like fucking just send something oh my god so uh ben i mean not charlie confides into nick about the situation with ben and nick's like he sucks don't ever talk to him again i'm never gonna talk to him again like please let me know i'm here for you and then nick uh charlie sends him a well, thanks for being my token straight friend, trying to like suss it out. Uh-huh. And nothing. <laughs> I love that. And then Nick just goes, you're welcome, heart. <laughs> it's just like, oh, okay. Um, <laughs> that just brought up, okay, that brought up a lot of memories of like, sus- like you're like, huh? so like, uh-huh. yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, That's so funny. Teo 
being the great best friend he is, he's like, that is a straight man. You need to stop. That is clearly a straight man. Leave it be. And and uh, Charlie keeps being like, no, I'm just, we're just friends. We're just friends. Um, and he has like, Nick invites Charlie over to his house and to meet his dog because he has a dog named Nellie. Uh-huh. And it starts snowing and then they go out and play in the snow. And it's like a very romantic scene of them like playing in the snow and taking pictures with the dogs and this and that. And then he goes home and it's Nick sitting in his bed, like zooming in on pictures (laughs) of Charlie's face. Like clearly that man is going through something and he hasn't figured it out yet, but he's just like, look how cute he is. And it's like so adorable because you're getting the story from both sides. You don't ever, you're not just stuck in Charlie or not just stuck in Nick. You're seeing it from both sides and you're seeing them both kind of like trying to figure their shit out. Um, and also for him to hang out with Nick, he ditched Teo and Ellie, which is kind of a plot point to kind of mention. So like Teo is already being like, I don't trust a straight boy. You're going to ditch him. You're going to go ditch to hang out with him. And he is a rugby boy. And this is like oh, a so part of the group that used to bully you. They see their friend as like going down the, the path of like darkness or not darkness or just like, oh, he's he's getting himself in like a bad situation. Yeah, and they're like, you're you're joining the rugby team. That's not you. Like, these are the boys that bullied Who you. Who even like, are you anymore? Yeah, and like Harry. <laughs> You're like not the, even here anymore. There's, <laughs> there's, a contis- there's a consistent thread of Harry kind of like harassing them. Mm-hmm. Um, like, because the, they're like the nerdy gay kids, like yeah. of groups of sorts. Um, and Teo just doesn't, Teo does not deal with it. Teo like fucking fights back with Harry constantly, like kind of insults him back. But like that's like the second episode, real cute, whatever. Third episode, Nick invites Charlie to Harry's birthday party because he's like, well, I just want to hang out with you. Like this is over months. Like this is slowly, they're like, he's like, I just want to hang out with you. But at the same time, like there's a girl who has a crush on Nick and it's very like inconsequential of sorts. Mm -hmm. But, um, and she's like, oh, I'm going to come too because they've been friends for forever. Uh, and there's like a lot of very cute moments of Nick, like finding Charlie at the party being like, oh, I've been looking for you. Mm-hmm. Like, Oh my gosh, you look great. And then like sitting in a corner and talking. And then Harry comes over being like, that girl you fancy is here. And he's like, uh, I, I don't what? And then pulls Nick aside and pushes him at Tara, who is a lesbian. <laughs> and he's like, uh, hi, sorry. And there's this awkward moment. And she goes, yeah, sorry. I, this would be so much easier if I just came out publicly because I am a lesbian. And he's like, oh, you're a lesbian. And it's like kind of him clicking that, oh, there's more people. Mm-hmm. And like, you kind of see it. And like, she's like, oh yeah, that's my girlfriend. And then he's like, oh, okay. And then he goes back to try and find Charlie and Charlie's waiting for him. And like, they start messing around and messing Nick- around. Messing around. Well, no, like they start like- <laughs> They're just hanging out. Sarah, you said They're this was rated PG. <laughs> They're hanging out and then Nick- uh, then Harry sees him being like, what the fuck are you doing? You're so blah, blah, blah. Like, and they like somewhat homophobic comments towards Nick. Mm-hmm. I mean, towards Charlie. Like, it's like, oh, do you have a crush on Nick? Like, what are you doing? Like, oh, is that? Uh, so so which one's the Harry's bully? the bully and he's on the <sighs> rugby team. Okay, okay. No offense to anyone who fits this demographic, but teenagers suck. Yeah, no, it's very like, it's very like subtle teenager stuff. But is and, Harry like, uh, sorry, Nick's friend? Yes. They're okay. on the rugby team. They're together. on the rugby team. So is he kind of is he kind of like the antithesis to like um Charlie's other friend who is like who are you what yeah, are you doing? Yeah, kind of. In a way, but like it's like But but Harry's obviously the bad guy. Yeah, and like Nick's like way not more super toxic close with him than him. Yeah, but it's more like it's just the rugby lads. 
So basically, they're they're both having people from their original communities being like, "What are you doing?" Kind of, yeah. But Harry's is a lot like more like he has like the full fucking posse behind him type of person. Oh, and mm. so it's a lot more intimidating. Yeah, and so he's out over here being like, "Ha ha ha, Charlie this, Charlie this," and so Charlie runs away, and Nick is like, uh, "Nick goes, why are you such Charlie. a fucking homophobe?" And like he he calls him out for being a homophobe like three or four times. Like it's it's pretty like he's like, "Dude, what are you doing?" And he's like. He goes, I don't even fucking like you. Well, he doesn't say fuck, but they say fuck a lot in the comics, but they did not put in the TV shows for obvious reasons. <laughs> but he's like, I don't even like you. And though he goes after Charlie and the two of them kind of like run away together upstairs because like, Harry's rich and he rented out a whole hotel. And in a moment, they're like sitting upstairs together. Oh, it's Harry's party. I forgot. It's Harry's party. Yeah. He's the rich kid. Yeah. Oh, of my God. Yeah. Classic. Classic. So, this is this is where it gets important is that it's Harry and... um. It, it not Harry it's Nick and Charlie are upstairs and they're like making jokes and they sit down after they like ran up like four flights of stairs and they're sitting there big house yeah no what's well, yeah uh so they're rent <laughs> so the it's hotel. uh yeah it's a hotel but uh so it's this moment of the two of them sitting there and then Charlie's like well how to go with Tara and he's like oh I I don't like her so it's not a big deal and he's like oh so you you don't have a crush on anybody and he goes I didn't and like Nick does the whole, well, I mean, I didn't say that. And Charlie goes, oh, well, who is she? And then Nick goes, why are you assuming it's a she? And then like, oh, the, oh. the combo. The combo, it's so good. <laughs> Flirting. And then, oh. then you've got like, Charlie goes, is it not a she? And then Nick doesn't know how to respond because he's like, hasn't really figured this out about himself yet. And he, he like, he goes, he's like, he just shugs. And then Charlie goes, would you date someone who was not a girl? And then Nick goes asking the straight I, up I, questions. I just, I just want to point out that Sarah is like shaking in her it's chair so right good. now. It's so good. But then they like and, and and Nick just goes, I don't know, maybe. And then Charlie goes, Would you kiss somebody who's not a girl? And he goes, I don't know, maybe. And then Charlie goes, Will you kiss me? Aww. Like and Nick and him kiss and it's very cute and then they go back in it for a second time and it is a little bit more heated but like still cute Mm -hmm. and then Harry starts calling to try and find Nick and Nick stands up and like clearly panicking leaves to go find Harry and then when he comes back Charlie's gone which is very sad and there's this great panel in the comics and it's (laughs) I showed it to Ashley earlier today because I just love it so much but it's Nick like in his bed crying it's in that book yeah it's at the end uh it's nick in his bed crying or maybe it's at the beginning of that one and then it's a panel of no it's charlie in his bed crying and then it's a panel of nick just staring at the ceiling being like what the fuck just happened (laughs) and he's like oh my god yeah the kissing is in the book that i have i just got to it yeah it's very cute but um guys and then uh, I feel like I'm going feel, too in deep. I feel like the OK, so the the one where he's just like laying on the bed, it's like arms out wide, just staring up. And it's it's panic. It's panic. <laughs> it's panic. And so like <laughs> the next day, Nick runs to Charlie's house in the rain without an umbrella. And Charlie didn't get a text or anything. So he just thinks it's over. And Nick's there just sopping wet, being like, I need to talk to you right w- right away. And they go upstairs and they talk. And Charlie starts apologizing to me like, I shouldn't have done this to you. You're like such a good friend to me. I don't know what to do. And then Nick's like, no, 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 stop, stop, 
stop, stop. And then like Charlie just keeps going. And so Nick does the appropriate cute thing, which is kissing him, just make him stop talking. And then, it's one of my favorite shows. It's so good. <laughs> and it's like such a cute moment. And then it's like Charlie being like, oh. And then Nick's like, no, you don't have to apologize. I need to apologize. I didn't mean to leave you. I just don't know what to do. I'm just so confused. And then there's this great, he sits on the bed and he goes, I'm having a full on gay crisis. And like, it's just like this British accent and it's just so cute. And then it's like Charlie being like, hey, whatever it is, we're dealing with it together. And Nick's like, can we not tell anybody? Which like clearly kind of breaks Charlie's heart a little bit mm-hmm. because Charlie's just gotten out of this thing with Ben. Yeah. That was very toxic. And it's whatever. And then we go into the next episode where nobody knows that the two of them are kind of together, but they are kind of together, hanging out more. There's more scenes of them like kind of kissing. Um, Charlie uh, goes to, uh, Charlie asks Nick to his birthday party and the first time that Nick really hangs out with his friends and Tao's really suspicious of it. Like, sees Nick hang out with this girl at the school, so on and so forth. And... It's truly just like there's a lot of cute moments of them just talking like the best part about the show. Mm -hmm. The best part about the show is every single time you think that, oh, no, something bad's going to go wrong because of a miscommunication. They just talk it out. To the current authors of today who keep doing this, (laughs) I fucking love you. They just talk it out. Because I have read a few books lately. They're like, oh, this is the path it's going to go down. No, actually, not really. How about we tricked you? We're going to have an actual conversation about it. We're going to communicate. No more. Oh, I misheard. Now this is going to be resolved over four episodes. I fucking hate that. No, like legitimately, it's just that. And so like then the birthday party is relatively tame. Teo still is not super fond of him. Mm. Elle is dealing... There's also this underlying B plot of Elle and Teo trying mm-hmm. to get together, and it's really cute and also mm-hmm. friends to lovers type of situation. Who doesn't love it? Any enemies to lovers? No. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, <laughs> but Nick comes out to Darcy and Tara the next day, mm-hmm. and they're like, "Oh, dude, for sure." And they plan a triple date with Aww. like Nick, Charlie, Tara, Darcy, and then they don't tell Teo and Elle that they are the third couple of this triple date and they're like yeah we're all just gonna go get milkshakes (laughs) and it's really cute and like in that situation is how um tara i mean how Elle finds out that these two are actually together and like it's showing that nick's being a little bit more comfortable um also somewhere in here is my favorite like because somewhere i didn't write it down because i wrote this last night at one in the morning please don't judge me but uh nick is trying to figure out his shit right? right uh and it's like there's a moment of him like looking up LGBTQ movies to watch with his mom to like <laughs> catch the vibe. And she's like, oh, let's watch Pirates of the Caribbean. And he's watching Pirates of the Caribbean. And you just have that scene where it's like Bella Swan. Turner. Bella. Tur-. Like it, it's just like it's uh, no, Liz, not Bella Swan. Pirates of the Caribbean. Pirates of the Caribbean. Elizabeth Swan. Elizabeth Swan and the uh, wait, wait. Orlando Bloom and uh, like it's like that is, that is so funny. And so it's him <laughs> you realizing Bella Swan he's that. <laughs> it's it's Nick Nelson realizing he's bisexual by watching Pirates of the Caribbean. I think that was oh. a movie for a lot of people to realize. I know. Because I had a lot of panic during that movie that I didn't know what it was at the time. Yes. I know now. Same with The Mummy. Oh, mm, Mummy's good too. Yeah. But yeah, so it's like, it's one of my favorite, like, bisexuality. And then it's like 
him looking at bisexuality. Like there's also, I need to stop just going about this plot and like stopping down and talking about it. But like, there's a lot of really, really good moments of Nick trying to figure his shit out. And mm-hmm. like somebody made fun of it and I wasn't really fond of it. But like when he, after he go kisses Nick or after he kisses Charlie, he goes home and he Googles the am I gay? And it's like, it's such a fucking relatable thing because I personally like I've Googled it and then you take the gay quiz and you do this. And you do that. <laughs> I, I love when it's very simplified like Google searches because that's really how we all do it. Like I think people were making fun of funny enough Bella Swan when she Googled vampires. I'm like, what else would you do? Like, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but um, so he Googles, am I gay? And he at, like this is before he's like really talked to Charlie or anything mm-hmm. in like his crisis and he's sitting here and he's scrolling through it and it's him like seeing all of the negative backlash, the homophobia, mm-hmm. the um, people who are trying to make it illegal, people being tortured, like things like like the conversion camp, so on and so forth. And like it's he just kind of cries while mm-hmm. he's doing this. And a lot of people are making fun of it, but because they're like, why is he crying? Because he's gay. And it's like, no, he's crying because it's like realizing that like that's a part of your life now. Like mm-hmm. inevitably you are now involved in this conversation, which is like a hard, like it's a hard thing to like Process. figure out. Yeah. And it's just done so well. And there's this song that's going in the background called why, and it's called, why am I like this? Mm-hmm. And it's just heartbreaking. Um, and fuck everybody who says that it was funny. I disagree a hundred percent. But um, and then later on, he Googles bisexuality and he finds a vlogger, which is it's just so like everything he does is just so fucking relatable. Um, I mean, like just growing up with being an awkward weirdo who didn't know how to communicate with people. The amount of things I Google to try to figure shit out, mm-hmm. I, I, I can't even describe it. And it's how I got through a lot of his stuff. So I get it. I relate to that. That's really nice. I like that. Yeah. And um, also like it shows like because Tara and Darcy just recently came out like at the party, mm-hmm. like with everybody and they're posting on Instagram and they show a really good representation of the way people respond where mm-hmm. they're just like the backhanded compliments being like, you're too pretty to be a lesbian. And like, oh, I can't believe that we lost you to the gays and like, blah, blah, blah. And then you see her dealing with that coming up and her girlfriend supporting her and like this new group of friends they have bringing them up and together. Um, Some other things going on. Uh, Nick invites Charlie out to see movies. Harry's there and he wasn't supposed to be. There's this moment of like, they hold hands because they're watching a scary movie. And then afterwards, um, Harry's being extremely homophobic and being like, do you have a crush on Nick? Is that why you're all up in his like, shit like blah 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 and charlie's like absolutely not he's not my type and like trying to protect nick and eventually charlie's like okay i'm gonna leave and nick's like i'm so sorry like this isn't how i thought this was gonna go i just wanted you to meet my friends and i didn't think harry was gonna be here and nick's like charlie's like no don't worry about i'm gonna leave charlie leaves ben was a part of that group ben saw them hold hand ben is corners charlie being like he doesn't even like you he's just doing the same thing i did to you like you're such a piece of shit yeah Mm. And it's like awful. Mama. And Charlie's sitting here like, oh my God, this is awful. Charlie leaves. Mm-hmm. Nick goes back in. Uh, Harry Punches drops. Punches Harry. Harry. Harry drops the hard F and uh, Nick fucking wallops him. I, it was just what I was hoping for, so I'm glad it happens. <laughs> yeah, no, he wallops him. And then it like hard cuts to his mom driving him home being like, gonna tell me what happened. <laughs> 
and he's like uh because he like got a black eye too and he's like he just said some shit about charlie and i didn't like it and then his mom's like charlie's your special friend <laughs> he's like okay I guess. so olivia sh- coleman is that's the what mom. I was gonna, that was gonna ask is like who is olivia coleman playing because i love her to death nick's mom okay so it's a great little bit and it's super fun but then next day at school mm-hmm. charlie sees the black eye and he's like this is my fault everything's my fault i'm making your life worse we should break up so as Ooh. he's trying to break up with nick teo's in the parking lot having a fight with harry because <laughs> Tay like fucking like at the whole time harry's like harassing the friend group because harry's mm-hmm. a piece of shit and Teo's just fucking done with it. And so he and him and Harry are fighting uh, because Teo kind of found out that Nick and Charlie were together and that Nick, that, that Charlie never told him. And he just felt like, I truly, I'm being replaced. You don't care about me anymore. Mm. Having all of those feelings, which again, another very relatable high school thing is that when somebody gets in a relationship, it feels like they're not your friend anymore. Also the vibe I'm getting from this, which I think a lot of teen shows either hit or miss, is that everything is just so important. Because that's, that's how it feels when you're a teenager. Everything just means something. Everything either has to go, yes, uh, right or wrong, and there's no mm-hmm. in between. Yeah. So Harry goes and breaks up the fight. Not mm-hmm. Harry. Uh, so Harry and Teo are fighting. Nick finds out about it. Nick goes and breaks up the fight. Mm-hmm. Teo corners Charlie, yells at him being like, you don't even care about me anymore. You're just uh, ruining my everybody's life. Everybody's yelling at Charlie. Everybody's yelling at Charlie. <laughs> Charlie's, Charlie's breaking up with his having a friend. whole problem. He doesn't have friends. He doesn't have Nick anymore. And he's just having a bad day of it. Um, come back to school. Harry's suspended. And Charlie quits the rugby team because he doesn't want anything to do with him anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because they were, they were jerks. Nick uh, comes to, like, Charlie's avoiding Nick. And so Charlie, uh, Nick tries to find Charlie and in doing so finds Teo. And they're both like, well, I thought Charlie would be with you. And he's not. And they're like, Charlie, like Nick is like the golden retriever that just wants everyone to be happy. And so right. he's in the corner being like, I think that he just didn't tell you because your opinion's so important to him. And like, I think he was scared because you are so important. And I think that like you're overthinking this and so on. And like, just is a good lad. And then he sits there and they eat lunch together. And Charlie is in the art room hiding from everyone. Um, But then like it kind of like comes to the conclusion of the series, which is sports day. So it's like a field day of sorts. And Teo and like both schools going to join together for this. So like Ella and Tara and Darcy are all there. And uh, Teo doesn't do sports because he is. I I have. Sorry. Yeah. You know what this feels like? I feel like my friend is explaining all the drama happening in her own school. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah. So it's sports day. Well, like <laughs> Teo didn't want to compete. And so Charlie does it for him. And uh-huh. in doing so, like is in the same competition as Ben and Ben harasses him a little bit. And then fucking Charlie goes, you know what? You're just fucking sad. You're a sad little dude and you get your shit together. Fuck off. Leave me alone. Mm-hmm. And so like Charlie walks away like bigger man. Him and Teo's kind of made up because of that. And then um, Nick is doing the rugby match mm-hmm. for field day and can't find Charlie and he's sad. And then mm-hmm. at one point he looks over and Charlie's watching him and he fucking leaves mid rugby game to grab Charlie's hands and pull him away. 
And then the two of them go and make out in a corner being like, I'm so sorry. No, I'm so sorry. Like, you're the most important thing in my life. You're the most important thing in my, my life. God. And I, love, like, I love the mid rugby game. It's so dramatic. Drum, drama. <laughs> I can't wait till after the match. This is important. <laughs> so everything's it, so important. It, everything so is so important. important. And then you think that's the end, but there's still more. And you want that more is huh? coming out to his mom. Oh, he goes, hey, mom, Nick's like Nick goes like Charlie's my boyfriend. Oh, no, he, he it's a, it's the best like conversation because it's like that's the thing. It's so real. It's because it's like Nick sits down. And he's like, hey, mom, I need to talk to you about something. And he's like, you know how like Charlie is like my best friend. And his mom's like, you can't invite him to the summer trip. I already bought the tickets. And, like That's the mom's <laughs> immediate response. Like, no. And then Nick's like, I'm I'm dating Charlie and I'm by. And he goes, I still like girls. And his mom's like, you don't have to say you like girls just for me. Like, it's okay if you don't. And like, it's a very like sweet moment. And like, he's crying and she's crying and they hug it out. And like, that's the end of the show. Aww. And it's so cute. I love that. It's yeah. So that's it. That's the thing. Nowhere in there is any severe, serious drama. Which I appreciate it because sometimes I'm just getting so sick and tired of like, ah, this means life or death. I'm like, just like. Feel a little bit, just have some. It feels like it's like a show that like you're not gonna get those bit. Like I mean, it's cute, and it keeps the cuteness at a really nice pace, uh-huh. where it does kind of feel like there's tension and there's drama, but there's not like these massive spikes and like, oh my god, I hate that character. Charlie suddenly you know kidnapped I mean? by a gang. <laughs> <laughs> so and- Charlie does something, or no, no, Nick does says something to Charlie like that hurts him. Yeah. Too much. You know, like they don't do that. It's like it's real. It's yeah. It's sweet. I love that. I really I really appreciate that. It's so, so very sweet. And like I wanted to come back to your whole comment at the beginning about Mm -hmm. how the our flag means death spoke to you a little bit more than this one. Like that's why you haven't even watched this. It hasn't really spoke to you. And I feel like this one really speaks to me because like as an individual who has never been in a serious relationship, like this is what I dream of. Mm -hmm. I don't dream of the our flag means death, like that type of relationship. I dream of like the slow crawl into friends, to lovers, to like being communicative, like mm-hmm. to over like communicating. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. it's really well done. And like the friend group, like supporting you throughout the entire thing. And it's just so refreshing and nice. But that's also like why it led me to an existential crisis being like the third time. It was the third, the time. third time. It was the third time. The fourth time. So good. But it's just like the, the, the fourth time to come back to the sweetness. Come back to the sweetness. Okay, yeah. good, good, good. But it was like I think it was also like I talked to my therapist that that fucking week, and she <laughs> she she hit me with the, "Do you think you're lonely?" And I was like, "Oh God." Am I lonely? <laughs> and so it was just like, you know, whatever. But like, and then you watch something too cute, and then you you have to rethink everything about your life. And... <laughs> it's just Ugh. so pure high school. Like it's just. It's the gay panic, the the bi panic, the the way you talk to your friends, the way mm-hmm. that your friends ignore you, the way that like you crush on people and you don't know how to tell them because like Teo and Teo at the end, Teo and L still are not together, but they're like both like clearly interested in each other, but mm-hmm. neither of them are willing to risk their friendship to be in a relationship. Right. It's too throttling cute. Now, Steffi, there is a All sentence right. I said that I think that would make you watch this. Yes. What is it? The director is Eros Lynn. May not know that name, but you may know some of his notable works, such as Doctor Who, Silence in the Library, Girl Ooh. in the Fireplace. No, you told me this, and I reacted like that's really cool. Oh well, it's for the audience then. 
David Tennant's <laughs> last episode, the one where he passed away. Uh, yep. Not passed first, away. It's complicated. First season of Sherlock. Ooh. And uh, three episodes of Broadchurch. Okay, so fun fact, I will not watch the third season of Broadchurch because it was so emotionally devastated by the end of the second season. I did not want to be that sad anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's really good. If you guys don't know, this, the things that Sarah just mentioned are amazing, well-done stuff and mostly handled respectfully when it comes to certain subjects. Uh, Broadchurch, I would look it up if you decide to look that, uh, watch that because it is very um, triggering and hard to watch. Okay. So now I'm going to say some things that are, I'm going to put some triggers on, okay? Okay. Um, and so stop listening for those who do not, because this is what takes place after the series, which okay. is in the comics. And I just want to briefly talk about them, which is very interesting, which is eating disorders, mm -hmm. self-harm, mm -hmm. and um, depression. Mm -hmm. um, so they hint at it in the show, if you pay attention, that Charlie doesn't eat. And they hint that when he gets anxious, he doesn't eat. And um, the thing is, is in the third slash fourth printed copies, you have Nick realizing that Charlie has a problem. And you know what he does? He goes and Googles it. And <laughs> he goes, what do I do? And then he talks to his mom and his mom and him talk. And like, they're like, okay. And Charlie, like he addresses it with Charlie. And Charlie's like, yeah, no, I've always had this problem. And it gets to such a point where he, um, and like, then he comes out saying that like when he first came out and there was bullying, it was really bad. He actually self-harmed as well. And there's a point in the series where it gets so bad and he has a relapse or it gets so bad that he gets sent to an inpatient hospital. Ugh. Yeah. And it's like Nick going to visit him every day and or like once a week and all of those things. And like that's kind of like I didn't go into solitaire very much is because like that's the story is okay. that solitaire is the aftermath of that, of the sister who's trying to deal with a brother who has severe OCD and anorexia and like how it's impacted her mental health. And like talking about that, which I feel like is not a common subject, mm -hmm. but is a true fact of life is like. Generally, like, first of all, mental health is genetic. To be, like, a lot of it is. And, like, how one person's things can affect another's. And, like, it was how she doesn't know how to deal with her own stuff because she's trying to deal with his things. And, like, it's heart-wrenching because there's a point where in the Solitaire book where he has a relapse. And they mention it in the comics. That's why I was like, it's like, there's a point where, like, you need to stop reading, you go read Solitaire. Yeah. Because, like months and years pass in the comics and in this in solitaire there's a moment where um nick no not nick and charlie have a fight and they're the only two people at home and uh he has a relapse of sorts but nick left and so it's just charlie and their little brother oliver there who really does not play much of a part and Oliver calls his sister being like charlie won't let me into the kitchen i don't know what's wrong because it's like a two five-year-old and he's like Tori, when are you coming home? I want to play Mario Kart, but Charlie's locked himself in the kitchen. And Tori, mm -hmm. knowing what's going on and like rushing home and finding Charlie in the kitchen, organizing the everything in the everything in the pantry by size, and like having relapsed into cutting himself. And there's a plate of cold lasagna on the table, and it's just like mm. heart wrenching. And like that's the thing is that that it goes from massive cuteness 
to like kind of but they don't go into it in the comics that's the thing oh okay they okay. like they they'll be but like the- okay he's going to inpatients he's dealing with it we're appre- addressing it but it doesn't go into the super deep stuff but if you go to the novella or the book that's when it kind of like the reality of how bad it is mm. is really brought up which is why i'm really intrigued to see how they're going to do the series if it continues is like are they going to go and explain solitaire or are they just going to brush over it like they did in the comics interesting because it might definitely mess with that kind of cutesy vibe that you're but they were hinting at it that's the thing like, i mean yes it would mess with the cutesy vibe but like it's like but it's also part of the story so are they gonna it, show it, it? Yeah, and it, that's the thing is like it's so surprising because I just wasn't expecting it, right? And like because you watch the show, and then I was like, I'm gonna go read the comics, and then I was like, Oh my god, the comics! And it was like there, and then I went and read the book, not realizing that it took place in the middle there, and I was like, Oh, this makes sense. And like the um, the novella this that this winter is about the winter after his eight his inpatience and Christmas, and it's like the the situation of your family and how they react it's like your immediate family like sure they're trying to figure stuff out but like christmas comes along and you have grandparents there and you have uncles there and they're asking insensitive questions that are just hitting you wrong and like it's like how do these people handle them and like it's just fascinating and like there's also like a whole thing with nick's siblings like nick has an older brother who's borderline homophobic and he's just an asshole he's like Psh, you're he's you're the definitely new, the new harry yeah he's like he's like Psh, you're not bi, you're gay. You just have to accept it. Why are you saying you're bi? Just accept it. Blah, blah, blah. And oh, like those giving comments. him shit. Ugh. He has an absent father who lives in France who wants nothing to do with him. And it's just like, definitely season two is a significantly deeper topic. I think it's still a great story and it's worth it, but I always say that it's like worth mentioning. And it honestly adds so much to the story because like knowing what I do now when I like go back and watch it, you see those things and you see those hints and you, it's just fascinating. All right, um, I think we need to wrap up here. Yeah. I don't know if that was a decent episode or not. I kind of just talked at y'all a bit. <laughs> no, <it's laughs> no, it was interesting. I, um, I think that heart, the rest of it sounds a little bit like, oh God, am I going to be traumatized by the end of it? I but, was like, I would really Heartstoppers was, uh, <laughs> is the cute stuff, but yeah. I also like that the author goes into like these deeper conversations because it does get deeper. Mm-hmm. But like, I think what's really nice is that if you just want the sweetness... You can just watch Stoppers and get that. Or you can go further into the universe and see all of their cracks. Right. Yeah. And it's like, it's, there's like legitimately in like big spoilers for the ending of Solitaire. It ends with the fucking school on fire and Tori being stuff stuck on the roof and contemplating jumping. Like that is. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. We, we just, we just added a little bit of Michael Bay in there. <laughs> well, it's, it's like that whole thing where I said there's that like pranking blog that is like doing shit like they were they're planning to set the school on fire and Tori goes to stop them and gets stuck in school and then like she meets this other person Michael who is has similar or kind of complementing uh Ill- issues of his own mm-hmm. and they've like found solace in each other and he's like no you can't do this like you're not allowed to like leave me here but it's like woof that's the thing is I read these and then I was like, oh, let me read more. And then I read Nick and Charlie, which Nick and Charlie is the book of Nick going to school and Charlie kind of having to face the fact that like Nick is going to be hours away from him. And like, what does that mean? And they have a brief breakup and it's like super horrible and sad. <laughs> okay. Okay. Can you give us a very quick summary of what everything is like the books, the web comics, the show, the novellas, 
Okay. Like a really quick summary because I'll be honest, I'm a little lost. Of okay. What- so the comics are Nick and Charlie. It's their cute story. It really doesn't go deep into anything yet. Yeah. Um, and it's just happy, fun, easy. You've got Solitaire, which is the story of- First book. It's the first book. It's, it's the story of Tori dealing with depression, mm-hmm. really is what it is. And then you have the background characters of Nick and Charlie. Uh, and that's with the Michael and the school on fire and all of that. Um, then you have the novellas, which are just little written bits. They're like 80 pages. They're very small. It's Nick and Charlie, which is uh, basically Nick's last day of college, of high school. And like him and Charlie having to learn how to communicate and deal with him going to school hours away. Right. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other novella called This Chris- This Winter, which is the one where it talks about like what happened uh the winter after Charlie came back from inpatients and like how his family is reacting to it and how like Nick is handling it and Nick's family. And it's interesting. Okay. But yeah, it's a, uh, that's the thing. It's like Heartstopper and, then, and then, super cute. And then the TV show is from Heartstopper. TV show is from Heartstoppers and it's only the cute stuff. You okay. did not get into any of the deep stuff yet, but right. I'm very intrigued to see if they renew it, what that looks like. All right. With that, Ashley, final words. Um, I think I'm gonna watch it, Sarah. That was really cute. Did, did it? Did it sell you? Mm-hmm. Okay. I like I like sweet, uh, easygoing high school dramas. Maybe if they get too dramatic, I'm out. But this one sounds it's it's good. I feel like I'm on the same boat. I don't think I can do another overly dramatic show right now. So if it's just the cute things I'm in, it is so cute. I, I could use cute right now. So uh, I'm on the, I'll put it on my maybe shelf right now and see how I feel. Oh my goodness. It's four hours. <laughs> the whole show is four hours. There is no reason it should be a maybe. Put it on in the background. You don't even need to pay attention. And Sarah, final words. Final words is Heartstopper. The, the TV show is great. And I think everybody would do from watching it to see how these interactions are. And honestly, maybe to reconnect what high school is nowadays. Because I feel like it was a very accurate representation. Mm. Um, and I think it's worth looking into. Uh, uh, do I recommend the other stuff? Absolutely. I think that they're very important and it really made me think about a lot of things. And I think that's what a good book is. And the fact that she fucking wrote that shit when she was 19, incredible. Yeah. Read it for just the, the weird slice of life 2014 world that that book was written in. It's, <laughs> there's so many references to High School Musical, Juno, like all of those things that are very interesting so i love it it's great with that uh thank you so much for listening thank you jaren for tdn as always um if you like the show please rate or comment on it it really helps the show um also let us know what your favorite queer media is i'm always looking for stuff i know these ladies Mm -hmm. are always looking um and it's just good to know and um yeah we'll see you next time for our next anti-queer baiting episode. I'm debating on what it will be, but we'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. Woo, bye.